Hey kids, thanks for joining me on Here for the Booze. I'm Jax, and tonight we're going to talk about more holiday slashers around this time of year. Last time when I did the holiday slasher episode, it was Thanksgiving and Christmas horror. So now it's Valentine's horror and St. Patrick's Day horror. The movies I picked are Valentine, My Bloody Valentine, and Leprechaun. My drink tonight is my regular vodka soda. So let's get into it. First one we're going to talk about is Valentine from 2001. It was directed by Jamie Blanks, who also directed Urban Legend, which is another really good 90s horror that I definitely remember. But I really don't remember watching this back in 2001. Definitely don't remember that. But it was good to get back into it and watch it for like a first time viewing, if you will. In the beginning, it starts with like a young Catherine, a.k.a. Kate Heigl as Shelly. Why the hell would you? She like hides in the body bag, you know, as he's like coming to stalk her and she's like in the autopsy room. And I don't know, like this, this starts out kind of weird because she's on a date and it was, you know, it was interesting in the beginning because it was, it kind of threw me off seeing her in the beginning. During the part where he's stalking her in the autopsy room, which is like, like what like 15 minutes into the movie it's crazy it's like it's pretty quick and after her like terrible date with this like guy who talks in the third person which was pretty weird pretty weird but you know it's 2001 but yeah like she runs into the like morgue room where they like keep the dead bodies and or like the walk-in you know refrigerator if you will and he's chasing her and instead of like maybe trying to find something to hide under and she can get out of so that she could escape if he's getting closer, you know, whatever, to maneuver out. She kind of just zips herself up in a body bag. Sorry, I, like, jumped into that in the beginning of the episode. But, yeah, like, I just thought that that was kind of weird, thinking, like, he wouldn't come and get you. Or, like, he goes by and, like, stabs each one. Like, really? Like, that just seems really stupid to do that. But, you know, Whatever. Well, actually, the movie doesn't start with her going on the date. I apologize. The movie starts as like a flashback and you see them as kids at like a middle school dance and he is rejected by every single one of these girls that you meet. And Shelly is the first one that gets killed. So you see them like embarrass him at the dance and he like kisses one of the girls that you end up like meeting and then they make fun of him and they just really embarrass him like you know, fucking jerk kids do, you know, you know, embarrass him. And he gets like a bloody nose when he gets really like upset. So there's little things in the beginning of the movie. And then you see her go on the date, Shelly go on the date with this guy. And it's like on Valentine's Day, which is like super awkward that it was like a blind date. But what are you going to do? Then she gets killed and all of her friends are, you know, reunited because she's now dead And they all haven't really seen her in a while. So it was kind of in school to be a doctor pre-med. So she was busy. It's not like she didn't really want to see anybody. But they all kind of were trying to find out who who done it, if you will. But then you meet Kate, who's played by Mary Shelton. And she's actually in Scream 4 as the other deputy with Dwight. But yeah, so I forgot that that was her. It was funny seeing her in this and then being like, oh yeah, that's her from Scream 4. Duh. Oh, and she's also Wendy Peppercorn from The Sandlot. 
fun fact. I totally was like, yes, that's another reason why she looks familiar. And she's also from like Pleasantville, Planet Terror, Sin City, Death Proof, and more. And you meet Denise Richards, who is Paige. She, you know, is obviously from like Wild Things. She was married to Charlie Sheen. Yeah, crazy. Jessica, I'm going to I'm going to butcher her last name. Kawafal is Lily. She's from White Chicks, Legally Blonde. She's like the friend that gets married um, in Legally Blonde. A ditz sorority girlfriend. <laughs> She's in Road Trip. The ex-boyfriend is played by David Boreanaz. And he was dating Kate. And he was an alcoholic. And she didn't realize it. And things just kind of spiraled out of control. And she had broken up with him. But he shows up at the, you know, at the funeral and to save the day. You're kind of trying to feel out what these people, you know, maybe their possible motives would be. But all you know about her boyfriend is that he's just possibly somebody new that is not somebody they've known forever. She just kind of started dating him within the last couple of years. That's at least the impression I got from watching the first like 25 minutes. Wendy is the one that gets the first Valentine and she's the... The girl who had kissed, oh, what was his name? Jeremy Melton, yeah. Had kissed him when they were 12 and then they like were doing it, they were kissing under the bleachers and the kids, the stupid mean boys caught them and then embarrassed him. And But then she like acted like he was attacking her. So everybody thought that the reason why them like embarrassing the boy was be- was okay was because he was attacking her and that wasn't really like what happened. She like agreed to kiss him like whatever she enjoyed it wendy gets the first valentine and she's kind of like this like spoiled stuck up rich daddy's girl but no longer daddy's girl kind of woman i think everybody's like 25 ish or 24 so her still living at home is kind of whatever nowadays it's pretty normal but back then i feel like it might not have been but at the same time they had lots of money so it's not like she really would have been living on top of her dad, you know, or her parents or anything. Like, they had servants and shit. Like, it was, I don't know. She kind of annoyed me. Yeah, and her valentine was like, they'll need dental records to identify you. Because it was like, roses are red, violets are blue. And then, so that she was like, thought that that was kind of weird. And then she, like, lets this guy she met at yoga, like, like barely a month before like live with her it was so it was such like a weird like beginning i was like wow this is a lot of information like taken right away all these new pop you know men coming in and you have no idea you know it was a real like whodunit kind of situation the reason why i mentioned jm earlier was because that's the name of the kid from the beginning and they couldn't really think of who it was until a little bit later then they realized like oh my god because they don't really know anybody with those initials, at least. Lily gets, or they get, like, chocolates at their apartment, and then they have, like, maggots in them, and there's another Valentine, but Denise Richards' character, Paige, was like, no, they're definitely for you, they're not for me. So Lily obviously just eats them, and then, yeah, I can't, well, that was pretty gross. It was pretty disgusting. I can't imagine, like, chomping down into, like, I don't, I don't even know how they'd still be alive in the chocolate sealed up. I don't know. I don't even want to, don't even want to know. Gross. Gross. <laughs> um, but then they like go to this art show where Lily's new love interest had this exhibit, I'm going to say, about like love. And it was like, you know, done on, you know, there was being presented on Valentine's Day. And 
he's like super weird because he was hitting on Kate like completely like obvious. It was just like really weird. I don't know. Guys are gross. We're just socializing and it was like a whole like walk around type of exhibit that he had. So it was easy to kind of like sneak away into a little corner or a little area. You know what I mean? And at one point, Lily, everybody knew that she was like going on a trip, I think the next day. And she somehow is by herself and she ends up getting killed. She's like arrowed. It's crazy. And like the killer wears this cherub mask that you shortly, quickly see in the beginning, a little kid wearing in the crowd or something at the dance. So now this Valentine killer is wearing this cherub mask from like, like the one from the dance. After Lily was arrowed, she like fell like immediately directly centered down like a flight of stairs but like in the middle where there's nothing she just like and then uh, there was a dumpster there and it closes it was like nice and neat like see ya and nobody even noticed I don't even know it was so it was it was a weird quick death I just felt like they could have been a little more unique I mean the arrows are unique don't get me wrong many killers don't really do that or use that type of weapon but it was The way they like, you know, wrapped it up, like I said, it was just kind of okay. The detective who's trying to figure out who killed Shelly and now Lily, he's hitting on Paige and like in, I feel like it was in the, like in his office at the police station. It was disgusting. It was just like, it was so awkward because he was like so strong about it and like so sure about himself. And I'm thinking like, ew, she's like 24, maybe even like just 23, and you're just like, gimme. And you're like 50. It was just, ugh. I don't know. I just, He just wasn't attractive anyway. So no, thank you. <laughs> Adam is, like I said earlier, the boyfriend of, or ex-boyfriend of Kate. But it does look like they're, you know, possibly going to get back together. You know, right around the time of these murders. And she gave him like, I-O-U-T-L-C for Valentine's Day. Like, like she just hands him a little note. From, like, a receipt, I'm pretty sure. Like, it was just so weird. It was just so cheesy. I don't know. It was just, like, a really weird moment because if she didn't really want to get with him, I feel like she had, you know, she had totally asked him, like, where's my gift? And it's like, why would you say that if you didn't even get him anything? And then you're not really even sure if you want to be back with him. It was just a really, that was just really awkward. I don't know. But it was a really weird moment in the movie for what was going on and, the conversation, I guess, to me, it just it seemed a little forced, obviously. I mean, this is just weird writing, I guess. Earlier, I think I called her Wendy. Jeez. But her name's Dorothy. Dorothy was the one that got the first Valentine. Sorry about that. It was just so... Sorry about that. But you just notice at, you know, Dorothy when she's with her friends and stuff, and then she's, you know, gonna throw this party, and she's super excited to, like, have this boyfriend and Campbell or whatever. It's She's just her... Her demeanor is just so weird and you could tell that she's wicked and secure and like, poor me, poor me. But it was just like, I don't know, like it was just, it was just weird. Denise Richards' character, Paige, is super flat in expressions in this movie, more so than in others that I've seen her act in. But maybe that's why, maybe they wanted her to be flat because she is just a bitch. But I don't know, sometimes Paige, she just, it didn't seem like there was any emotion, but Maybe that was the character. Who knows? They didn't really go into anybody's backstory after middle school. You know, what you know, what kind of lives they had or, you know, they just kind of jump forward. 
Yeah, and the guy that's staying with with Dorothy, you know, for free, he's mad that he has to pitch in at home. And he practiced when he like practically asked her to like stay there. He like you know threw out his sob story about ugh, just his life and how he's a loser. <laughs> no, but he you could totally tell that he had gotten himself into a situation and didn't know how to really support him you know self but then you find out that he was married and oh my god it's crazy it's gross of course <laughs> yeah and that you notice that the killer always has like blood dripping down the mask through the nose every time he kills somebody so you get the sense that okay it's that kid from the beginning it's jeremy melton it's clearly him you know and i kept thinking throughout this movie that dorothy's character is such a debbie downer just she's just so whiny you know, she can't even just kind of suck it up for a second. You know, she's just always like, everybody's against me. But, you know, this is just a snapshot into everybody's life. But just oh, all of her scenes, she was just angry. <laughs> but, you know, at the Valentine's party that she's thrown, you know, Campbell has been killed because, you know, she had asked him to like fix like the boiler or something like that. And he went down into the basement and was, you know, he ended up getting killed. So when she's having the party a few hours later, he's nowhere to be found. And she's like, poor me, poor me, 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 you know, blah, blah. He hates me. So she's just like drinking alone and just, you know, it's just really queer. <laughs> uh, but she, you know, she totally like doesn't want to hang out with anybody. And when she sees everybody, she's just like jealous. So just gross. And then Paige, you know, they did this speed dating in the beginning of the episode to like try to like meet people and one of the guys that they met, she invited to this party and he like takes her upstairs and he's like, I have a surprise for you. And she's like, oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> so they go upstairs and obviously, you know, they're probably like going to have sex or whatever. But he was like, let me show you my surprise. And he just like shows her his penis. And, and like, just surprise, it's my penis. Like, what? I don't know. I just felt like that was such a weird uh, that was crazy that he just thought that that's what girls like. But then nowadays it's the unsolicited dick pics. So I guess back then it was flashing. Now we just get dick pics and we have to see it. <laughs> but I was surprised that she didn't just like jump on it and she was disgusted, but she totally like let him into a trap and, you know, and she wasn't like a big slut. Like everybody kept like saying throughout the movie, she kind of was. And then throughout the party, you notice that there's another woman there and she's super like proper and like pearls and like a suit and like whatever. And it's Campbell's like ex-wife, I think. And she pretty much tells Dorothy, like, he's only interested in you because of your trust fund. Like, that's it. Your money, not you. And, you know, he had like given her a necklace and the ex-wife was like, that's actually mine. He stole it. So nice try. She just totally embarrasses Dorothy at her own party and... Of course, then again, she's even more upset and they kick the wife out, but she somehow sneaks back in and is able to like, I think she was looking around the house for him also thinking that Dorothy was lying or I'm not sure. And she finds him dead, but then the killer, you know, finds her and I thought she was actually going to get burned in the sauna when she hid in there, which I was thinking like, ah, like, ah. you know, he ends up like throwing her through like a shower down there and putting her head through the glass and yeah it's pretty much it's crazy like death scene there <laughs> then Paige goes off after she like pours wax on that guy that showed her his penis she like ties him up and 
pours wax hot wax on him so then she leaves him and then goes into the hot tub like i'm ready to just almost call it a night and just relax taking like a bottle of champagne with her her death scene definitely gave me anxiety because first of all she's like sitting in the in the pool with her back to the door don't get me wrong the beautiful greenery that was in the room you know in the back of the room if you will and that's probably why she wanted to look at it but i just I feel like there was like a killer going around, you know, your friend just died and everybody's getting these weird valentines and you're alone. I don't know. I guess this movie wasn't as self-aware as other horror movies. Her death scene was crazy because he like locks her in the hot tub, but then he is able to, it's like a glass cover. So he's able to like drill through it with her locked in there. Like she can't breathe. And he finally like kind of like scrapes her arm and then she's kind of you know, kind of dazed and shocked. I mean, it wasn't like a crazy wound, but definitely stunned her in the shoulder. And, you know, I'd be a little like, holy crap. So he quickly opens the the hot tub and then throws the, I say screwdriver? Oh my God, drill or whatever. That's what I meant to say. But he throws like the electric drill like down into the hot tub and it electrocutes her and pretty crazy. But that, it just gave me anxiety because it was kind of a long scene and I thought it was, it was, different than most and it, I definitely I you know it was crazy but yeah when she was in the saw in the hot tub and hearing noises and stuff like that she says like does someone want to be my valentine that's literally like saying like who's there like I don't know I thought that was it was a twist a fun twist on that but a little silly at the same at the same time <laughs> You know, and at the party, Kate catches Adam drinking and he's pretty much been lying to her about how he's changed and how she should give him a second chance. And clearly she's, you know, making the wrong choice like most of us make. But she believed that he was trying to get better. And, you know, throughout the end of the movie, Kate gets chased. And then at some point there's the killer and Kate and... Adam had been subdued and Adam comes and saves the day and shoots the killer. And then when they unmask the killer, it's Dorothy. And you're kind of, I remember thinking like, it's her. Huh? And I was like, all right, like she was bitter. Like uh, that's believable. But then I was like, what about the bloody nose? Like did the mask just, was that like a special feature on the mask to like make it, <laughs> make it be him. But then you realize at the end, as soon as, like, Adam said, I've always loved you, Kate, like, creepy, I knew, I was like, oh, my God, it's him. And then his nose started bleeding, and you're like, okay, creepy, it's David Boreanaz's character. Like, so, yeah, so that movie was good because I felt that the the ending was kind of, you know, different, and I really liked how they ended it because he got away. I feel like a lot of these movies that I'm going to, well, not a lot of these movies, but the three movies I'm going to talk about tonight, including this one, the killer gets away. So it makes it that much more like scary, if you will. You know what I mean? You don't know what happened to them. So it just kind of, it does he end up killing her or was his whole game plan to just be with her? And the next movie we're going to talk about is My Bloody Valentine. And specifically, we're actually going to talk about the original one from 1981. Originally, this was going to be called The Secret, which I guess is a little applicable to what the movie, how it played out. They wanted to capitalize on holiday horror like Black Christmas, Halloween, Friday the 13th, you know, 
because of course who doesn't want to make some more money off of that because most of those for the most part were successful especially the halloween and the friday the 13th franchises with their sequels this was shot in the sydney mines in nova scotia that uh, which were functional but were closed in 1975 there's special lighting that was required because of all the methane that was produced in the mines from being that below ground and from digging, you know, from mining coal, excuse me. And this was one of the biggest challenges that the, you know, the set, the set designers and the producers and directors had to kind of deal with. So when you think about it, you don't realize that, you know, when they film, they don't use regular light bulbs that we have in our lamps in our houses. They're using these really powerful, really beautiful lights that really shine on these actors and really, you know, really make the color stand out in a good way. But they have gas in them or they produce gas. So and they that can interact with the methane. So they had to find their way around that. But I feel that for the most part, there was either a lot of close ups or, you know, scenes that were just filmed a little more dark. So the mind definitely set the scene. So I didn't really think it was that big of a deal. My Bloody Valentine is one of Quentin Tarantino's favorite slashers. And the start of this film says it takes place Thursday, February 12th. So Friday the 13th is smack dab in the middle. Because then this movie actually takes place on Friday the 4th, or not Friday, Saturday, uh, Valentine's Day the 14th. So I thought that that was kind of a fun little twist uh, because both of these films were actually released by Paramount. So I don't know if that was intentional. So if it was, that's pretty cool. But a lot of people, I think, would love to think that in this horror world that they are a little related. (laughs) And when they filmed the movie, the actors had no idea who the killer was. Truth be told, this is the first time that I've watched both the 1981 version and the 2009 version. The movie is actually about a miner who is trapped in a collapsed mine years before, and he escaped. Well, people think that he escaped the mental hospital he was put into because he totally went crazy after being stuck in the mines for six weeks. And they, like show you him eating rats and he's like like screaming so he went crazy but I guess nobody realized that he could have survived when I mean I wouldn't have thought but I mean you know when buildings collapse nowadays sometimes they do find people like days later it's crazy the family of the people who own the mines he ran away well not ran away he geez not even explaining this correctly He left town and decided to just kind of get away and not be a minor anymore. And, you know, after the whole Harry Warden incident of him getting stuck in the mines, he just wanted to just not have anything to do with that town anymore. But I guess he, like, left his girlfriend without telling her. So now, like, he comes back and she's with one of his friends, Axel. Her name's Sarah. At this point, the town is being terrorized by Harry by finding heart-shaped boxes with, well, you think it's chocolate, but then it's someone's heart. <laughs> like, freshly, bloody, ripped-out heart. It's, it's a little gruesome, but it's the 80s, so it's not too bad. You know, he literally rips people's hearts out, and he flips the holiday heart decorations upside down if he's been there, and you see that they're trying to set up for the dance that the town is going to put on. And for Valentine's Day and the laundry lady is doing what she can to make it look great and then all of a sudden the miner comes and kills her 
And then they can't have their dance anymore because the sheriff is trying to not make everybody freak out or, you know, make anybody think that it's not under control. So, of course, he tries to keep it a secret. And he doesn't really tell people that he that it's possibly Harry Warden coming back. The best part of this movie is, like, the town's small enough to have a nice little social event. You know what I mean? So that the townspeople were really, you know, kind of looking forward to it. And I wish we could do stuff like that, but it would have to be the biggest town hall or the biggest function hall ever because now towns are huge. I mean, there's like 30 or I think there's like 20 or 30,000 people here or more. It's it's not a small town anymore. (laughs) Most of the people in this town work in the mine and I really can't imagine working in the mines and it's always dirty and... Like I was saying, there's gas and it's really dangerous. You never know if it's going to collapse or I don't know. And as they age and it just doesn't really seem like a fun job. It just seems really dirty and disgusting. Axel and TJ fight over Sarah after the people moved the party into this new area where they like just kind of brought their own beer. And there was a kitchen that they could take over and make some food and snacks and you know, make it like a real party. And there was like pool tables and stuff like that. So the two guys, of course, were like, yeah, we're going to fight over her now, of course, in front of everybody. And while they're fighting, one of the guys like gets his face boiled and some hot dog water. It was pretty nasty. But then he gets thrown into the freezer by the killer. You don't really see that, but you see later a little bit. But the party people come in to get some hot dogs and stuff, and they see the boiled heart in the pot, but they don't realize that that's what it is, but you know what it is. <laughs> so it was just, like, a really weird part that nobody realized, like, this is an organ. Yuck. Don't even touch the water. Don't even eat the hot dogs. It's it's not Halloween, guys. It's That's real. <laughs> but then people are starting to leave the party because they've been drinking. They want to get a little frisky. So, of course, people are going to go to the mine to have sex. (laughs) So they go to the part, like, this couple goes to the part where they hang their utility, like, workers' clothes up on these lines that they, like, hook up and pull down so that they're, like, up and out of the way. And it's probably because of the fumes of their clothing or something that they have to be high up or I'm not sure. I have no idea why they're so high. Or space-wise, who knows. But they, like, pulled two benches, like together so they could like lay on it and she like asks like how to do it and he's like oh you just like pull it down and then all of a sudden she's like pulling down some of the dirty clothes on them as they're like making out gross and then she's like "Ooh, you know what we need and of course he thinks it's like condoms so she's like no fucking beer duh gross i can't have sex with you no she was just like no beer so he grabs beer of course leaving her alone key thing you don't do in a horror movie and then, of course, like, the miner comes and kills her by impalement. And he comes back with get, after getting beer. And that's kind of the scene when he grabs the beer out of the fridge where you see the guy who was boiled. You see him, like, sitting in the corner. So you're like, oh, yeah, he did. Comes back hoping to see her waiting for him. And he kind of hears the shower going and he gets excited. Like, oh, yeah, we going to shower together. So he starts like taking off his clothes and he goes into the shower area and he's, she's not responding to him. And then you kind of don't see much, but you just see that she's been impaled somewhere in the face. And it's like a side view of some like water coming like literally out of every orifice of her face. And you're just like, oh, okay, I guess 
I guess she is dead. Okay. So I guess like he must have like put the rod like through her face or it was like a few rods. You'd think, you know, this is the 80s. They couldn't really show too much and they couldn't really, they cut a lot of frames that obviously would have been helpful just so you could see like what the hell happened because you don't, but oh well. And then of course the party people as they're drinking are like, yeah, let's go hang out in the mine. Duh. Oh my gosh. Actually, the girls want to do that. And then the guys are like, yeah, because we're like big and strong. We'll show you what we do. (laughs) So the guys were like, duh, we're going. We're bringing the girls to look cool. But of course, TJ's like, you know, there's a no women in the mine rule, which is super like sexist, but it's probably like for safety. And they probably don't want like people like wandering around. But it was just queer the way like he said it. But yeah, everybody like wants to go like ride the carts in the mines and hang out in the mine. I don't know. (laughs) But there's only like six or yeah, there's like not that many people that go into the mines. There's like six of them probably. And so there's still people at the party and they find the boiled hot dog face guy in the freezer and they're freaking out. And then the guy who found his girlfriend in the shower dead, he comes back and is like, holy shit, Sylvia's dead. Holy crap. Like there's something bad going on. So of course, like everybody's panicking and police are going to get called and all hell's really starting to break loose right now. But the people in the mine like have no idea what is going on. So, of course, like, they're going through the mine and they're like, yeah, let's go to the fucking dangerous place where Harry Warden was stuck and trapped. Let's go. Like, let's go in there. Not just, like, see and, like, look. They want to, like, go in it. It was, I was like, that just seems dumb. But, you know, horror movies are not known for people doing smart things. So, you know, go figure. So then, like, Harry's back. Holy shit. You are like, holy crap, because, like, people are dying and they're starting to, like, get suspicious of tj because he comes back to get them because he's like i warned you not to be in here blah 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 and everybody's kind of like really starting to get worried about who who's really doing this is it harry warden is it somebody else like you know the younger people you know the workers and the people in the mine are like holy crap like there's just some weird shit going on because a couple of people have already died at this point and then one of the guys as i like to call him mustache glasses Hollis is shot, which was felt like a weird way because that's the killer was usually just like using mining tools and things like that. So the gun just to me came out of nowhere. But oh, well, but that's how he died. And then everybody realizes that they can't like circle back to get out of the mine, really. So they have to actually climb up. And the ladder, of course, is like super tall and super like treacherous. And the girls are like in heels and dresses and can't even like walk, let alone like get up this slippery, gross ladder. And then per usual, there's a woman that's like, I can't go on. I can't. Oh, my God. Like she was like, you're just kind of like want to wring her neck and be like, "Okay, look, we're all going to die then, because if you don't go, nobody behind you is going to be able to get up the ladder. So let's go. Like, But then all of a sudden somebody is like dropped from the top and like hung and then dropped all the way down to the bottom and they're like yeah we're not going up there then like what so then they go back down and then there's like a ledge that they're going by and it's near like super deep water and then all of a sudden you don't see it but you it's implied that axel's like falling in it there's bubbles coming from the water the side of the ledge that had like a wooden protected thing all of a sudden that's broken and everybody's like yeah like we can't save him we got to keep going so then tj gets trapped 
And then Sarah's, you know, friend that she was with, the one that was like, she couldn't go on. Of course she gets killed. Of course. So then it's just Sarah. And she's like, what the hell? Like, holy shit. Like, it's, I, I would be scared too. Like, I wouldn't, she doesn't even know how to get in and out of there. You know, I feel like I'd be like, yeah, I'm doomed. Like, I'm going to run around in circles pretty much. But then all of a sudden, like, TJ comes out of nowhere. So you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> What's going on? Is it him? Holy shit. Is he going to kill her? Like, what? The, how is this? What is going to happen? Now, at this point, the cops are, like, outside and it's starting to get, like, a little more serious. But then all of a sudden, the minor shows up. So you're like, oh, okay, it's not TJ. All right, it's Harry Warden. Holy shit, this is real. Like, he really did escape the mental facility and he's fucking killing everybody again. Holy shit. So then... They're fighting, like, they they maneuver their way out of the mine, like, the, the deep part, and they get to the carts, and they're already on and moving, and it's, like, the longest cart, you know, train, if you will, that I've, like, ever seen in my life, and it's moving so slow, and they're, like, walking on the top of it and fighting on the top of it, just like it's, like, Mission Impossible style, and, but it's super slow and not the best, of course, <laughs> But TJ has, like, a shovel, and he's got, like, the axe, the pickaxe thing. So it's, you're just kind of like, it just wasn't believable. You know what I mean? I felt like, but this, you know, probably had, like, no money, so oh well. But then you find out, oh, my God, Axel's the killer. Holy, what? I That surprised me. I was like, holy shit, it's him. Oh, my God. I guess Harry killed his dad. On Valentine's Day when he was a kid before he went to the mental facility because he did like escape before and do this. That's why everybody assumed it was him again. But apparently the mental facility failed to tell everybody that he had died five years ago. I don't know. There was like a weird scene where the people were like, yeah, we don't have his records. And you're like, but if he was there at some point, there better be records, right? Like, I don't know. I thought that was kind of odd, but oh, well, kind of to throw you off, I guess, as part of the movie. But then, you know, Axel gets away uttering like crazy shit and like singing like, Sarah, be my bloody Valentine and like laughing like a fucking crazy person. Jeez, like, how did she not know that he was crazy? Holy shit. But, you know, the way they kind of acted at the party, he kind of, you know, maybe you did get a little suspicion. (laughs) But the next movie we're going to talk about, we're just going to move right along. (laughs) Is Leprechaun, Leprechaun, Leprechaun. We're not going to get like too, too into this because I feel like out of all of these movies, everybody has probably seen Leprechaun at some point because it's one of the more iconic horror movies and My Bloody Valentine is definitely iconic, but I feel like there's something about Leprechaun and the campiness that it is that sets it aside, of course, and that was absolutely done on purpose. This started out as a comic published by Trimark, which is the same film company that produced this. And it was also their first movie. And it's a different plot, but Dan O'Grady, he steals the leprechaun's coins when he, like, is in Ireland or whatever. And the leprechaun follows him home. So it's the same little story, but this one, the movie is, you know, horror, not just, like, an action-adventure story. Warwick Davis was the one who wanted the leprechaun to be more campy. I'm not sure if, you know, characters like Freddy were behind this. You know, I'm not sure if that was inspiration since in the Freddy movies he got really campy in, like, the fourth one. Because the third one was, like, enjoyable. You know what I mean? I thought that was kind of like, all right, 
I kind of like it. But then the fourth one, I was like, eh, it's like really campy. It's not really scary anymore. You know, the third one, I think I you still were a little scared. But then the fourth one, it was like, oh, oh, no. And then it just, you know, that's probably one of the biggest failures of that series. But we'll get into that in another episode. Warwick wanted this movie to stand out for a funny horror movie. He definitely didn't want it to just be another horror movie. Most people know this, but this was Jennifer Aniston's film debut, although she doesn't like talking about it. According to Davis, Aniston tried to pretend the movie didn't even exist back in the day, Um, but the VHS copies prove otherwise. Warwick did almost all of his own stunts himself. The wheelchair scene was the most difficult to shoot because it had to be shot slower than normal since he couldn't maneuver the wheelchair as fast as she could run. The young boy in this movie is Robert High Gorman. You might recognize him from other films such as The Rookie, Don't Tell Mom, The Babysitter's Dead, Mr. Nanny, Sometimes They Come Back, and Forever Young. Like I said in the comic book, it's about a guy who steals coins and the leprechaun follows him home. He then buries the golds, which is kind of weird, but the leprechaun, like I said, follows him home and he murders his wife. And somehow he's subdued by a four-leaf clover and it like suppresses his powers, which is like... That's it? Just a four-leaf clover? A leaf? That that's what's gonna... Whoa, that's pretty easy. But he is little, so I guess, you know, proportions, I guess? I don't know. (laughs) Growing up, I found a big one when my sister was playing soccer in a nearby field, so I pressed it, and I... It's somewhere, but I had kept it for a long time in my wallet. But the one that they... Or the one that he had put on the box was, like, kind of small, but... He ends up being able to subdue him into this box with the clover on top of it so that he doesn't get out or use his powers to get out. But Dan is trying to, like, burn the basement and the, well, probably more of the box. He's just trying to burn the box so he can burn the leprechaun. But then he has a stroke, like, while he's trying to, you know, because he was, like, fighting the leprechaun. And it was hard. It was hard, I guess. (laughs) You know, some time passes and a family moves into the home. They're going to rent it and fix it up and, you know, try to start over, if you will. The gold is found by the painters um, and then they hid it in the well that was on the property. So they moved it from one part to another one. It's this young kid and Ozzy and another painter, another like hot gentleman. (laughs) And they and Ozzy's a little slow, I'm just going to say. We'll just say slow. So they're in the basement and Ozzy knocked off the clover on the box because he thought he heard a kid crying for help. But of course, the leprechaun has tricked him. And then the madness begins. (laughs) The leprechaun is now terrorizing these people to give back his gold because he can, like, feel it. You know, he can feel that the gold is somewhere, but he just can't find it, which I think is odd because if you have powers, like, wouldn't you just be able to go, like, know where it is? I don't know. The painters, you know, the kid and Ozzy didn't realize that what they had found was the this gold that he's looking for, which I don't know how you didn't realize because do people just like find gold co- coins all the time, like buried in the ground? I don't know. I've never, never knew it. The leprechaun also knew that one of them ate one because Ozzy was like trying to like verify it was new by like biting it, but then he ended up like swallowing it. I don't, I don't know how that happened, but he ate one. So there's have to remember that there's one that's not with the bag or the pot of gold that they had found. They figure out that they need to talk to Dan O'Grady. They realize, like, we got to go to this this man who lived here and figure out what the hell we're going to do. 
He's now in a retirement home because of his stroke. And the leprechaun follows them to the retirement home. And he kills O'Grady, but not before he tells them that the only way to stop the leprechaun is with the four-leaf clover. So now that they have this information, they're like, all right, we're going to go find one, like super easy. And they try to find one, and they eventually find one, and they throw a wad of gum that they had like smashed the clover into. And then they launch it into the leprechaun's mouth, and he falls like into the well after like melting and, you know, being subdued by this and they finally like blow up the well after he tried like climbing out because obviously like the killer always like comes back after he's dead and then he vowed to get revenge on those who stole his gold this movie specifically i like blew through that plot (laughs) but you know this movie to me wasn't really scary i know a lot of people that enjoy watching these money these money these movies because they're funny And they are different. And Warwick Davis totally acts a really good role for this. You know, I really think that he definitely says he has he has fun doing it and he always has fun. And, you know, it was his idea to make him not just mean and nasty. He wanted him to be clever and to play off of the leprechaun fairy tales, if you will, that we hear about as kids, you know, that they're clever and they're tricky and you know, whatever. But now this has like a super evil twist. You know, I only wanted to talk about the first one because (laughs) I've only seen, I think the first three and there's like seven or something crazy. This is another series that just like went off the rails. But I've heard that the newer versions of this movie or like its origins, I guess that was okay. So, you know, I'll have to check those out. But I wanted to throw a different spin on the holiday slashers episode because you don't really think about Valentine's Day as possibly possibly being a slasher movie or whatever. So I wanted to bring that up. And there's more than the three that I talked about. You know, there's April Fool's Day. There's Graduation Day. There's New Year's Evil. Like, there's more than the ones I talk about. But I wanted to highlight these ones because... They were all pretty much, well, the first two were, were, excuse me, the first two were first watches. That's a new, that's a new thing that I was thinking of doing for everybody was showing you or telling you about my first watch opinions of movies. And I did like my bloody Valentine and I did like Valentine. So I'm glad that I chose to watch them because sometimes I've chosen to watch movies and they're just really bad, really bad or like really confusing and I have to watch it again. So, you know, I, I chose, I did watch these a few times because I did actually really enjoy them. And then watching them again, I, I still did. So I was kind of excited to now, like, add these into rotation to, you know, the themed holiday movies. Because I like to watch them around this time, you know, or any holiday. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Stay tuned for a special first watch episode next week. I'm going to continue that. I will announce the next title a little before I release it. Thank you guys so much for joining me and sticking around as we near the end of the first season. So crazy. I can't believe that it's almost almost the end of the season. That's crazy. It's been a ride. It's been a good learning experience. <laughs> and I've met some amazing, amazing people. Just, just incredible. And I'm actually going to end the episode with a commercial. 
for everybody to check out these other great fellow horror podcasters you guys should definitely check out and you know have a great night and i really hope that everybody stays safe and enjoys these other guys and you know listen to their commercial and go find them and listen to their podcast and subscribe Hello, everybody, and welcome to Slash You. My name is Nick. And I'm Andy. Hey, Andy, can you uh, let our listeners know what we do at Slash You? Well, at Slash You, we're a weekly podcast where we dissect and discuss a old, campy, forgotten slasher horror movie made sometime between the years 1977 and 1988. Perfect. Even better news, you can find us on the internet, slashupodcast.com, or on Instagram, slashu underscore podcast. Yeah, give us a listen on all your favorite podcast platforms. Thanks.